The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Help, when, when I was younger, so much younger than today, I never needed anybody's help in any way. Good morning. You found Financial Food for Thought. We got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell's back. Carrie, you're Good back morning. from spring break. Carrie. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. Did, did I see you in one of those photographs on South Beach? No. no, no, no. Right. Those um, days are long gone. All right. Um, <laughs> so, the theme of today's show, You Found Financial Food for Thought, uh, is Who Needs Help? Oh, who doesn't, Carrie? Right? I was going to say, don't we all to some degree? Um, but you know, I, you know, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden, you know, and I'm not going to, I'm going to play a clip, but not from his first press conference. I'm going to play a clip when he was in Columbus earlier in the week because he's on his "Help Is Here" tour, right? That's what he's calling when he's going around the country to promote the 1.9 trillion ARPA, you know, act, right? And quite frankly, I didn't hear a lot about that at his press conference. Okay. Um, mostly the press conference was about the border and the filibuster. But yet what I think a lot of other... I, I'm just kind of surprised there wasn't more talk about the $1.9 trillion or, it, you know, getting people back to work, getting people vaccinated, right? Right. And, you know, getting good. So I want to go back because you might, I'm sure you've heard lots of clips from the press conference, but I don't know how many of you heard anything when he was in Columbus. wanted to be here today, but he had to be in Washington to cast important votes in the United States Senate. Look, I want everybody to be aware that there are three key parts of the American Rescue Plan all my colleagues supported here. First, we're going to more rapidly acquire, uh, we set out to more rapidly acquire enough vaccine to vaccinate every single American quicker than anticipated. And what my COVID team and uh, uh, went through and we used it, the Defense Production Act, we've been able to organize and help increase the number of doses in a much shorter time. So by the end of May, we're going to have on hand roughly 600 million doses enough for every American. And the American Rescue Plan is also going to provide funding for more vaccination, vaccination sites, vaccinators, and the people needed to put that vaccine. Can you hear him okay? What did he say? Vaccinate In what? Addition, there is a second important piece of that. <laughs> well, he's he's not, he, okay. So he said there were three key pieces. So he got through the first one. Uh, he's uh, he can't. He's got a mask on. Mm-hmm. You know, the mask of color. You know, it's like can right. you can you get the mask off so we can air you? Mm-hmm. And by the way, he's kind of struggling breathing. Mm. All right. So, so you know, let's, I mean, does he really need, I don't know why he, he's at, you know, what, the James Cancer Center down in mm-hmm. Ohio State, right? Um, but anyway, let's, so so the first one was on the economic, you know, the, vac- the vaccines, right? So the second one he said was, it's going to help the economics. So here we go focused on dealing with the economic deprivation so many Americans have become subject to the consequences of this virus through no fault of their own. Millions have lost their jobs and are still out of work. Around 11 million children in America are going hungry through no fault of their own. But as a result of the pandemic and the economic crisis, millions of Americans are not able to maintain their mortgage payments or rental payments and have found themselves on the verge of being evicted of having their homes repossessed. We stepped in and we prevented that from happening with the American Rescue Plan. Hundreds of thousands of businesses are now <clears throat> not going to go under, but they're going to have an idea, an opportunity to reopen and have the financial assistance to be able to do it the right way and safely. 
schools closed and children losing up to a year more in learning capacity. I know, I was going to say. Like, I mean, I'm falling asleep. Sounds like a history teacher I had in high school. Like, and Because of isolation. I mean, I can't wait. I, the show's only an hour long. Okay, Mark, yeah. Let's I can't just, get to the third yeah, point. Let's not. I don't think he really does, does he? I can't listen to him. I read the highlights. I just, All right, well, say goodbye. So anyways. So, so that's Joe. Um, uh, you know, and it, I don't know. I we'll see um, how it goes. As as far as the his first press conference, Gary, I don't know. Did you listen to that? No, I can't listen to him. Um, I I just can't do it. You know, it was it was and kinda, it's meaningless. Well, I, first of all, I blame the press corps as much as I oh, blame yeah. anyone else. They don't ask. Good there questions. was terrible. I mean, you know, mm, the little bias going it, on it was, there. Oh, I mean, and plus, you know, I okay, I get it. It's Women's History Month, right? And mm, wow. uh, it was what on March twenty fourth was Women's Equality Pay Day, right? You know, and, <laughs> I'm so sorry. so I mean, obviously they were doing the White House was doing their best to support women, Carrie, because I counted up. You know, there were okay, there were of the of the. People People that actually were allowed to ask questions, mm-hmm. three were male and seven were female. Okay. And time-wise, it was probably the same court, you know, in other words. Right. So obviously, um, we have a lot of left-leaning women. A little bit. Who are, you know, who the, certainly they were calling Which if on. they're journalists, you should ask objective questions there regardless no, of your yeah, side. There were very few objective questions. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, basically, like I said, a lot on the border issue, um, a lot on the filibuster, um, you know, and- you know, we we said we you know going back, we were talking about the potential of the Democrats breaking the filibuster on this show for years, okay? Because uh, you know, and you know, it was something. Certainly, we were talking a lot about it running up to the last year's presidential election, and certainly we were talking about it when the Democrats won the two Georgia runoff seats. Mm-hmm. But you know, but again, I don't blame Joe Biden. For, you know, saying that because and and a lot of, you know, right wing talking heads were saying, oh, see, I told you Joe Biden's going to, you know, for for breaking the filibuster. Well, don't forget. So was Donald Trump. (laughs) Donald Trump on many occasions wanted, um, you know, cocaine Mitch to break the filibuster. So so it's not just the uh the the Democratic president who wants to break, you know, who's, you know, keeps getting, you know, you know, hinting that to break the filibuster. So, so was the Republican president. So, you know, so, you know, yeah. So now Mitch McConnell always said he would never break it. And we still have Joe Manchin, you know, in the Democrat Senate, you know, out of West Virginia saying he will not vote to break the filibuster. Now, I, so quite frankly, I think Joe Manchin has more power right now than President Biden um, because Biden can't vote on the filibuster in the Senate. Joe Manchin can. Um, so anyway, so we'll we'll see. Um, you know, the the I, I think you know I think President Biden needs help. He certainly needed a lot of notes. It was that was very unusual to see a presidential right. press conference who he's just reading off notes. Does that mean the questions were all? Did he know what questions were coming, or did he just have a big enough notebook that they were trying to guess what That's, questions it's were just coming? Sad. Um, so you know he needs help. I think the um, I think the Democrats are going to need a lot of help to pass the three trillion dollar um, build back better infrastructure plan. Oh I thought we'd hear more about that at the Joe Biden press conference. We didn't hear anything about it. Um, you, you know, other than well, if they get rid of the filibuster, then they'll, they'll be able to do whatever they want, I guess. But you know, not a whole lot of talk about you know more stimulus checks coming. Not a whole lot of talk about expanding UBI. Um, not a lot of you know talk about how much money is going to go to build the bridges and the roads. Um, so, so I guess, you know, we'll stay tuned. I don't know if Joe is one and done with these press conferences. Um, you know, it was an, it was an hour long, not a minute longer. Um, he's checking his watch at about 45 minutes, you know, into it. Uh, I didn't even know anybody wear a watch anymore, Carrie, right? You know, um, so, you know, who needs help? Well, we all know our politicians do. That's hands down. That's a given, but... Many people need help, especially with concerns about 
tax increases, market volatility. A lot of people we've talked on previous shows are concerned about inflation. We've talked about rising health care costs and really the long-term impact on your financial life. And, and if you don't know and you need help in that area, that's what the estate planning team does. We are a fee-based Ohio-registered fiduciary planner that's been helping people around Cleveland for more than 35 years through unbiased objective analysis. And we offer a free consultation for people who want to um, see if our process is appropriate and if you can benefit. Um, because our plans are customized, we can help people through a comprehensive plan, which we really do the analysis recommendations and then step by step through implementation so things are done correctly or people can call us if you need a little bit of help maybe you're concerned about timing of social security a pension election you want to know what growth rate you need um and looking at um, your investments in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency, we're not investment advisors. Um, so in many cases, our clients either work with their, we work in conjunction with our clients with their existing investment advisors, or in many cases, our client does the investing on their own. So when you call us for a free consultation or work with us, we're not going to try to get that piece of the year puzzle or piece of your pie. And um, what we do is provide that objective unbiased analysis. We are um, accredited members of the Better Business Bureau and A-rated members on Angie's List and Super Service Award winners multiple years. And our free consultations can be done by phone or in person. We're happy to meet with you if you'd like at our office. You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090 or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right. And you got Mark Don and Kara Waddell. And we've been helping Cleveland families build custom financial plans for over 35 years. Mm-hmm. And we do it one plan, one family at a time. And certainly over those decades, we've gone through a lot of March madnesses, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the college basketball championships, Carrie, right? Right. Um, everybody knows what I'm talking about. and Taxes. And it's, uh, yeah. So we're going to talk more, uh, you know, stay on that subject. And as you mentioned on the podcast, we've been talking about that. And this, this year, again, coming off a very confusing year in year one of the Rona with all the tax changes and extensions. And we've got more to talk about that this year in, in year two of the Rona, right? Um, also, I want to go over some economic data. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, does Jerome Powell and, uh, you know, uh, Janet Yellen need some help? Um, they were testifying, you know, under the Senate Finance banking committee, whatever the name is, you know, and they, they were getting drilled. So I've got, you know, what are they saying? They're trying to, you know, say that everything's okay. And, and, you know, the, the 1.9 trillion is not too much. And, you know, so we'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, then, uh, let's see what else I want to talk about, Carrie, that the, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we're confusion, I guess not confusion, but clarification, people waiting on, well, what is extended in this year and the due dates and stuff like that. So, um, and I also want to do a case review today. That's what I wanted mm-hmm. to do, you know, and, and, you know, and, and the idea that, um, you know, the CPAs are looking for help too. You know, for, for, you know, quite frankly, the CPAs industry is the one that lobbied you know, the government and the IRS to, to extend the tax filing deadline because they said there was just too much happening too quickly that they weren't going to be able to communicate with the clients to get everything done that they need to get done. All right. So that they were a big lobby. And then, you know, initially, you know, Chuck Reddick, you know, IRS commissioner said, no, we're not going to extend. Then he said, then he backed off and said, okay, we will extend. Not quite as long as last year. Remember last year, it was extended to July 15th. This year, it's just a one month extension to Monday, uh, May 17th. But there's a couple other differences too. One being we weren't sure whether Ohio was going to follow the extension. Ohio did clarify this week that yes, they will also extend the Ohio filing. I don't. It, I don't know how states can't. It would have been very confusing, complicated, and confusing. Um, but um, the, there's other issues too. In other words, one that we still our people are shaking their heads at is saying that. Well, wait a second. You're saying that the 2021 first quarter estimates are not extended beyond April 15th. 
Um, that means, cause normally you don't, you know, calculate how much you owe in the first quarter until the previous year's tax return is done. Especially you want to know whether you're getting a refund or not. And you don't know what the previous year safe harbor is until right. the return's done. And for a lot of other reasons. So it's, again, it's somewhat confusing. Now, remember that happened last year as well. Initially, they weren't clear on that. But then by the end, IRS said, yeah, actually, not only, the, you know, since we extended the, re- the return to July 15th, we're extending the first and second quarter estimates till July 15th, right? right. Um, because the second quarter estimate is normally due June 15th. So this year, again, Fed is saying, no, right now, the first quarter estimates are still due April 15th. We have not extended them to May 17th. Um, Ohio is following that same plan. Ohio is saying, okay, we will extend the returns to May 17th, but we're not extending the first quarter estimate till, you know, beyond April 15th. So just be aware that's the, you know, the latest right now. The other one that I think is also confusing people is, does the extension of the 2020 tax return filing deadline to May 17th also extend the time that I can contribute to a 2020 IRA, Roth IRA, or HSA, for example, right? Or one of the other self-employment, you know, IRAs, a SEP IRA, for example. Um, Well, it's there's no definitive answer right now. Um, I you know, you know the original IRS press release that that extended the returns was silent on the subject. So they mentioned that the filing deadline was extended. They mentioned the first quarter estimates weren't extended, which makes it more complicated. But they did. They was completely silent on whether or not the extension of to. Make a contribution because that's a big thing for a lot of we talk a lot about that every year. In other words, there is still a way that you may be able to reduce the prior year's tax liability, right? Especially, you know, this year it's even more important because if you can make a uh, if if you're close to like the threshold where you're going to get or not get the third round stimulus check. Right. You know, the $1,400, if you, you know, because remember, that's going to be based on your 2020 tax return. Remember, the first two rounds of the stimulus tax were based on your 2019 tax return. But the third one is really going to be based on, you know, the, the you know, the 2020. Um, it's, and, and actually, um, the 2021, in other words, it, it, you could even, even if they don't have your 2020, uh, return, uh, done, you know, the, the idea is you may still be able to recovery, uh, get the third round recovery when you file your 2021 tax return in, you know, so, so supposedly April of 2022, right? Just like right now, um, if, if based on your 2019 tax return, you didn't, you weren't, you know, uh, eligible to get the stimulus checks, but, uh, but when you file the 2020, you are, you you file for the recovery rebate. That's one of the new lines mm-hmm. on the tax return this year, right? Um, now, but back to the, um, the the point is, you know, so there's a lot of taxpayers right now. They're saying, hey, I would if I could. I'm just missing the threshold for the third round. Hey, but if I can file. If I can still make a tax deductible contribution to either my IRA or my HSA, that may get me under the threshold. So now I'm killing a couple of birds with one stone. I'm actually lowering my tax liability for last year by making a tax uh, deductible contribution. Two, I'm strengthening my retirement plan. One, because I'm getting money in uh, my, uh, you know, my IRA or my health savings account. Or and two, because because I'm doing that. I'm getting the stimulus check, which I can add to my right. nest egg, right? So, so, so a lot of you know, so it's a big. So that's why there's a lot of people saying, "Well, is the IRS going to say that we do have until May 17th to make those contributions, or do those contributions still have to be made by April 15th?" So, what do you do? Um, well, I don't know. To be clear. Um, if you really want to yeah, know, I would make do make your contribution by April fifteenth. Well, that was one of my just best. to be. I was going to say to be safe. But that was one of my favorite lines that President Biden said the other day. Here. What I don't listen to. Well, him. that was one of the answers to the questions. He said, "Well, I don't know." To be clear, um, you know, mm. you know, so I, that's. One oh, of my, I'm sure that's going to be a meme. Um, the, the other line that I really loved by President Biden. Um, 
when it was asked, it was asking something about the filibuster. I don't, I forget where the question, but his answer was successful electoral politics is the art of the possible. <laughs> I, I, where he pulled that out, I have no mm-hmm. idea. Um, successful electoral politics is the art of the possible care. So remember that when we're talking about the, you know, the next round of stimulus checks or the, you know, $3 trillion. As far as the $3 trillion, um, build back better infrastructure plan, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Um, I don't think they can get that done with just, um, the 50 votes in the Senate. Um, I think. Now, if they throw out the filibuster, again, I guess anything's possible. But barring that, I don't know if they could get the $3 trillion done. But I, I think the idea, no matter what the number is, if anything, um, it, it's going to have to be supported by tax increases. In other words, the, the, the $1.9 trillion, the ARPA bill, the um, – that is not funded by tax increases, Carrie, right? That, that's just debt. That's printing money. But I think that the infrastructure, because they, if they have to do this again through budget legislation, I think they're going to have to pay go. I think they're going to have to come up a way, at least half of it. I mean, I think they're going to have to increase taxes to pay at least half of it. Now, I don't know if it's going to be $3 trillion, but maybe it's a trillion where they come up with 500000 I'm sorry, you know, $500 billion of tax increases. I don't know. You know. I think it's that ratio, though. I think they're going to have to stick around where they're going to have to at least raise one half of the infrastructure plan through tax increases. So, again, we'll be keeping our eyes on that. Now, Craig, what was I talking about? Because you completely you were got talking me off the, Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think, no, infrastructure... The tax deadline. The tax deadline. Yeah, thank you. All right. So, so where you can contribute to. Yeah. So I. I, So you know. In other words, you might want to. If you're wondering, because again, if we have an extra month, that gives everyone an extra month to come up with the money to fund it, right? Right. Um, And maybe you, you know, and 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 so in in either case, call your custodian. Mm -hmm. See what they say. Um, You know, the IRA custodian, the health savings account custodian. Um, you, you know, and, and see, um, and see what they say. And, you know, again, that's, you know, try to get that. And, and then we'll, as soon as we hear or we get some clarification, we'll certainly let our clients know or we'll be talking about this more on the radio. Right. And regardless, if you want to be proactive as you can about your financial life, because certainly there's a lot going on and through our plans, you get clarity and steps and strategies you should be taking to protect your long-term financial stability. A lot of people say, you know, uh, you help with things that you didn't even know were an issue or a consideration. Maybe you think you're fine, but there may be opportunities and often cases we find that people are just missing out on by the little things that makes a big difference in your net spendable dollars. And you can call for a free consultation. Remember, we're offering those either by phone or in person to see if you can benefit. You can call 440-239-2090, or you can visit our website at financialfoodforthought.com. Sign up for the newsletter. You can listen to our podcast and send an email about the free consultation as well. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly here this morning. Yeah, Carrie, and I wanted to talk a little bit about um, some economic news. We actually got some good economic news, Carrie. You know, so um, let's talk about that, right? Um so the jobless claims, the weekly jobless claims came in good. You know, the, the, the consensus was about, uh, you know, that 730,000, which has just been consistently over 700,000, right? Which is ugly, right? Actually came in at 684,000. Okay. So that's going in the right direction. You know, are people getting back to work? Are, are these, you know, the service establishments coming back, opening their doors again and, and inviting and getting the employees back? Um, also, we got a revision of the fourth quarter GDP. And that was revised upward. So the previous, you know, they always give you like three or four versions. You know, they, right. they keep, it, you know, you know, later they keep going back and and clarifying or, you know, quantifying the number better. So the previous uh, was four point one percent. It actually came in this revision at four point three percent. So that's good news. Um, so uh, hopefully now, as I said, we had uh, the. the, the, the <laughs> The dynamic duo, I call, you know, the double J's, you know, Jerome Paul and Janet Yellen testifying, you know, together uh, on on Capitol this week. And they kept getting, you know, asked about, well, is this $1.9 trillion stimulus package going to, you know, increase inflation? 
a lot of a lot of people are worried about that, Carrie. Right. Right. Um. And, you know, Jerome Powell has said, you know, we may see some upward pressure on prices. Our best view is that the effect on inflation will be neither particularly large or nor particularly persistent. Okay. Um, which so that he's would been be kind saying, of say don't really worry about it, but people still worry about what they worry about. Well, yeah, he's saying that, you, yeah, you... It, we're, I mean, he, he hasn't he really changed. His, know. He hasn't changed his his tune. His, no, he keeps no. saying the same thing over. Yeah, he's been saying for over a year now that you know they're will they they changed courses. The Fed they're saying okay, we are gonna be okay if inflation floats above two percent, our target, right? Because it's been ten years that they haven't been able to get to the target. Um. So so now. They're saying, yeah, and, and so this pent up, you know, demand spending, the supply chain, it, you know, especially when you've got, you know, cargo container ships, you know, stuck in the Suez Canal, don't get me started. Um, you, you know, the, the idea that, you know, when this all breaks, there's going to be, you know, revenge spending. There's going to be a lot of money plus, you know, the stimulus package dropping helicopter money in everybody's lap that, yeah, you're going to see prices go up. We're, 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 we're kind of planning on that, but it's going to be a transitory. That's his great term, transitory, meaning it, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're headed to hyperinflation. And he says, yeah, we've got the tools, right? Um, now, um, what did Janet Yellen say? Um, you know, um, I'd say that while, you know, cause a lot of people are saying, is this creating a stock bubble, right? You know, um, with, you know, and she said, she said, well, I say that while asset valuations are elevated by historical metrics, there's also a belief that with the vaccinations proceeding at a rapid pace, that the economy will be able to get back on track. I think that in an environment where the asset prices are high, that's what's important is what that's what's important is for regulators to make sure that the financial sector is resilient and to make sure that the markets work well and that financial institutions are appropriately managing their risks. Um, so again, you have uh, two very smart people who are saying, "Yeah, we know that it's a lot of money, but you know we still say too big." is better than too little. And yes, inflation will perk up. It doesn't mean we're headed to hyperinflation. And yes, we have tools we can use if it gets ahead, if you know inflation gets ahead of the game. Well, even regardless of that, people are still worried because that's their opinion because also life can throw you things that unexpected like COVID that can really change that picture and dynamic because even though they keep saying it's going to be okay to reassure, people aren't. And I think that's where we can come back and model in that higher inflation rate and say, okay, if this worry does happen, then this is how you adjust. And this is what it looks like in the long-term picture. Because having it happen in a year or two, a short-term, isn't really typically going to make a big difference in your case. Right. And and so, you know, using different inflation rates is nothing new for the estate planning team. Mm-hmm. We've been doing it since the beginning, you know, 35 years ago. Um, it's, we've always, you know, drilled down, you know, in other words, that's one of the hardest things. If you're trying to build a financial plan at home, financial model, you know, using, you know, mint or I don't know, one of the, you know, online software programs. Okay. If you've never done it before, it's not as easy as you might think it is because if you've built a thousand plans, yeah, it gets easier. But if you've never done it before, well, just think of anything in your life, you know, anything you tried something different for the first time, how many times did you get it 100% right the first time you tried it? Uh, I, I, you know, the light bulb. Right. <laughs> Thomas Edison had a little problem making that light right. bulb, right? Um, so the idea is, you know, what we can help a coach you through and say, well, have you thought about it this way or thought about it that way? See, the robots aren't smart enough yet to be asking you the right questions. And one of the things, too, is, you know, robots don't know if, you know, they think that whatever you're telling them is correct. Okay, see, the robots don't know when you're lying. Um, In other words, the robots don't know what you're really thinking. And a lot of times, you know, the robot, so if you tell the robot I spend X amount a month, it's going to believe you. 
Okay, it, 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 so so sometimes you know you need still need that human element to say, well, how can we reconcile things? You know, how have you really? What do you mean when when Mister Smith when you say you spend X amount a month? Really, what is in that number and what isn't in that number? And one of the hardest things is that you you know really to break that spending down and don't go overboard. You know, it's it's going to be no help to you if you break your expenses down into three hundred lines, right, Carrie? And we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not, no, you don't need to break it down to hundreds of lines, but you need more than just one line. All right, um, so the idea is you, and, and you want to break down the difference between, let's call them mandatory or daily living expenses versus what's more discretionary that, um, or what's more non-reoccurring that you need to deal with. All right, um, you know, and, and, and it's, it's, that's where you start you know, building those model, those financial planning model building blocks that builds up a, a, a plan that you can believe in and that you can use as a tool going forward. So in that process, the idea that since you are breaking down expenses into different categories, the what we've developed in, in house at the state planning team is a way that we can, you know, just think of the top of a column. You know, you got 10 columns um, of expenses. We can put in whatever inflation factor we want in any one of those 10 columns. At, at the drop of a dime. In other words, you know, you know, and, and or we can say, okay, we want to run Plan A based on a two percent rate of inflation for daily living expenses, and you know, four percent inflation on healthcare, or Plan B, we want to run it on three percent inflation on daily living expenses and five percent on, in, you know, uh, healthcare. And once you have a good price tag and timeframes, we've had clients call this year about inflation, saying, "Hey, I want to take my last plan." update some numbers and readjust that inflation. Or if they're worried about the market volatility, we can model in an alternate plan with slow growth or a lot of people are concerned about the low, you know, your non-qualified, you know, checking and savings. Have you checked out those interest rates? They're pretty bad. Right. Um, And so, so, yeah, so the robots need help. Okay, the robots aren't smart enough to really ask you the questions. Now, someday they will be. Someday they're going to replace all humans in terms of, in my opinion, for financial planning. But they're not quite there yet. Um, um, now, um, with um, so so with that idea, it, it, you know, it comes back to the March Madness, right? Um, so one of the things is, you know, this year, and we've been talking about this, and you can go back and listen to the podcast. But, you know, you still want to keep your eye on the mail, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, Kara, I think you had, you know, one of the things we talk about is do you have your uh, checklist or, you know, of all the 1099 R's and W-2s and, and things that you're expecting? Right. Because I think, didn't you have a client this week that she One of their pensions, they, they had everything. They usually have us double check because they have, she has like seven IRAs. She's got three pensions and... She's getting older. Her kids are helping her. So we just reconcile it from our checklist from our yeah, from she, last year so before it goes to the CPA. Yeah. Because sometimes there's been years lists. Yeah, so it's a double digit number, right, right, Gary? And some of them have withholding. Right. Some of them I think don't. There's like 14 between all the 1099 R's. Right. I'm not talking about the dividends, the interest. I'm talking no. about 1099 R's. Right. Which is, yeah, the Social Security, pensions, IRA distributions, Roth distributions, inherited IRA distributions. And some of them have withholding. Some of them don't. Some of them have federal and Ohio withholding. Some of them just have federal. You know, and there's a lot of moving t- uh, wheels there. And so, so this year, you know, they didn't have them all, right? They were still missing one. See, see, the robot. If you're using a robot to prepare your tax returns, it's going to believe you when you told when when you told the robot that you filled in all your 1099 hours. Right. It's not going to know. It, it's not. It, you know. It, it's not going to say. Well, are there any ones you haven't inputted? Right. Because it does. It's not working off a list to begin with. No. Now, someday they'll get that logic in, mm-hmm. um, especially if you're using the same program year after year, where it doesn't seem like it'd be that too much difficult to say. If oh, are you missing this one? Yeah, Last year you, you this, had yeah, it. But it's not quite there yet. It will be. But, you know, again. Um, so, yeah. So just, you know, so that's the one thing. Make sure now. And, and again, and of sometimes course, not only are they missed, Mark, they're incorrect. 
Because the same client we did this with, there was a year that we had got a confirmation at December that we were doing withholdings for those safe harbors. So she didn't have to do those estimated payments. And they missed putting anything for Ohio withholdings. And they didn't do the right amount for federal. It was something completely. It was an incorrect 1099R. They're, They're wrong all the time. And a lot of times our new clients just don't believe us when we say that 1099Rs are wrong all the time. We're a small shop and every year there's we don't know which clients are going to get the incorrect 1099R, but someone is. I don't, I can't remember a year when we haven't, we haven't discovered a client got an incorrect 1099R. Gary, have you? I mean, they're wrong all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, Corrected 1099 hours. That's another thing you got to be aware of, right? But what's a little bit different this year that's coming in the mail? Well, one, you know, uh, you know, you may find you, you're getting a form, you know, one four 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 or one four 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 B as in boy. So this is the government's document that that says you got stimulus money. Now that does don't get excited. That doesn't mean you owe taxes on the stimulus checks you got. Right. It's just the idea. It's 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 saying it's it's. Clear, it, it's it's uh, what am I trying to say? Clear, it's proving that you got it, right? Um, not proving, but whatever word I'm trying to say. Um, it's it's make it's it's telling you, yeah, you right. Got it's the, a confirmation. Con- thank you. Okay, it's a confirmation that you got it because if you deserved it and you didn't get it, you 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 know you want to make sure you tell the robot, hey, I need to recover my stimulus check because I deserve it and I didn't get it. Um, now, a lot of times you're saying, well, Mark, how am I supposed to know that? Well, see, th- this is where we can help. See, w- we don't prepare tax returns for clients. We're not CPAs. We, but we know what questions you need to be asking your CPAs <laughs> or, you, you know, or what things you need to be asking. Now, you say, well, Mark, I don't use a CPA. I use the robot. I use TurboTax or H&R Block. Well, a lot of those, you know, don't they offer you an 800 helpline? Where you can talk to a live person, maybe you've never done it before, but you know we know what questions you know you need to be asking them, right? Um, another one, a new a new thing you may get in the mail this year is a 1099 interest for taxable interest that the government paid you on your 2019 tax refund, because they don't always do that. Right. Because of the way they extended the returns last year to July 15th, they decided in their generosity to, because that held up refunds, right? Right. So they said, we'll pay you interest on the refunds. Maybe they forgot to tell you, by the way, that interest is taxable. So some people are getting surprised by that. But no, if you get a 1099 interest, see, you didn't get one last year. I mean, the year before. Right. So the robot doesn't even know. Right. You know, that, you know, but if you, you know, but we told our clients, if you got a refund, mm-hmm. you know, we, we clarified that when they got their refund check. Right. Because it was more than what we thought. Right. That's the ticking off the checklist, right? You know, being active. We're very active planners. Did you say planning team? Um, another form you may be getting is a 1099G for unemployment. Mm. Okay. Um, and people, if you get, how many people, we've had at least a half a dozen clients that have gotten it and never filed unemployment. Well, that's a problem. Well, we're talking about, so you might, that might be your first clue that somebody filed a fraudulent unemployment claim in your name. Now, the other thing you got to make sure you discuss with the robots is the fact that the government has clarified that, you know, part of this, you know, latest stimulus was that the first $10,200 of unemployment income, if you're under $150,000 threshold, is not considered taxable income to you. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now it's, is it getting a little trickier now, Carrie? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, now, if you've already filed, your 2020 return and reported the 100% of your unemployment income being taxable. What do you do? Well, the IRS has clarified, don't run out and file an amended return. They're saying right now they think they'll be able to handle that internally and refund you the money accordingly. All right. Now we have even further news on the unemployment, Carrie. This is new, right? Now we've also have clarification for the government. They're saying, hey, since that first 10,200 is not considered taxable, by the way, you don't have to include it in your AGI. Okay. For all those thresholds that are based on adjusted gross income. That's 
adds to the complexity Which of it. Which may, but in the end, get you the stimulus check that you weren't getting but, before. But how many people already filed? And you just might have paid more because of the clarification. So these, are, so are you aware of these things? Do you need help with these things to get? You know, I think there's going to be a lot of taxpayers who are going to be shaking their head saying, "I need help." Right. Um, you know. Um, now, um, I think Chuck Reddick needs help. Mm. I think the CPAs need help. I think a lot of people need help. Um, you know, and 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 get let's get a coordinated advisor going. Let's have those discussions. Do we know what questions we need to be asking? Do we, you know, are we keeping our eye on the latest out of the, you know, government and the IRS? Um, now, if like you're saying, Carrie, if you get a 1099G for unemployment and you never file for unemployment, yeah. okay, your identity's been stolen, right? Don't get, don't panic. It's millions and millions right. of, of identities, you know, and it's a big, big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, again, what the what IRS is saying is saying don't you know if if it is if clearly it's you know it's not your fault and we won't hold you responsible and by the way don't report the uh, taxable income mm-hmm. on your return um, file your return as if you didn't get that fraudulent ten ninety nine you know. Um, 1099G. And now if Ohio, you've got to go to the Ohio website and click on the button where you report it. Um, And Carrie, you said also some clients are getting um, recommended that they actually file a police report. Yeah, I've heard from we've had, I think, one filed. So maybe because your identity has been in case there's, you know, because once they get your information, I don't know, it can be used for all kinds of things. Probably to cover your bases, I would guess. Okay. One other thing is, um, one more, is that you may be getting a 1099 NEC hmm. this year, okay? Um, which is, that's a new form that, you know, for non-employee compensation, right? So this, okay. is, this is for the gig workers, right? Or the if you've got a side gig going on. Where in the past, you might have gotten a 1099 miscellaneous, right? A 1099 MISC. But actually, the 1099 miss can be used for various things. Right. Not necessarily an employment type of deal, a self-employment type of deal, right? A gig type of deal. Okay. Um, So the the government created this new form, 1099 NEC, which is just, you know, more zeroing in and saying, okay, this is somebody who is – you know, making money, employment, you know, but is not considered a W two employee, so that may be new, and that and and it's it's uh, so you may be going that. All right. So keep an eye on the mail. Um, keep an eye on the clarifications we're getting daily. Um, keep the coordination. Keep you know communication going. You and know, I think being proactive, and if you're worried about things, you know, start thinking about what you can do what you can control instead of thinking there's nothing you can do or letting things fall where they may. I mean, if you're in the camp that you are worried about these things or you're worried about the future tax increase, remember, we only have favorable rates through 2025 if Congress does nothing. So there are opportunities you may not even be thinking of, and that's what we hopefully make people aware of, and that's why we do offer a free consultation. Remember, we're doing those by phone or in person. We won't recommend our services unless you can benefit. We have both affordable hourly options, affordable comprehensive planning for people who need a little bit of help or a lot of help. And we do that without pressure. We want people to want to work with us. We've been fortunate to be around for a long time. And we have clients that have been working with us for many years. And we've even worked with the kids of our clients. And in a couple of cases, now we're getting to the point where the grandkids of some of our original clients. So you can call, take advantage of a free no obligation consultation at 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit the website at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell. We're the co-owners of the estate planning team. So who else needs help, Carrie? Hmm. This is a different version of help. I've heard this before. Let's see if you can. Doesn't even ring a bell. Right. 
Oh, we lost Michael Stanley. Right? Oh, yeah. This was his version of the Beatles' help okay. cover. Um, and a lot of people really love this version. Um, I, I think it it, it, it kind of grows on you because it's so different, obviously, than the mm-hmm. Beatles' version. But being in a ballad style, it has its, you know... Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I think if I never would have heard the original Beatles version, I would have liked it more from the beginning. Okay. But, all right, so we have a few more minutes. You know, so let me give you an example, maybe, of when we say, you know, who needs help and, and the idea of coordination of advisors. Um, And I see how much time I have to do this, Carrie. Um, I've got a couple of case reviews. Let's see if I can get through this one. If I okay. can't get it through it all today, we'll pick it up next week. But the the idea of um, you know the issue of filing married jointly versus filing separate, right? Um, because a lot of times, the if you're doing it with your own software or if you're using a professional, they will calculate your tax liability, you know, working with Federal Ohio both ways, right? They'll say, well, Mr. Smith, this is what your tax would be if you filed married jointly, and this is what your tax liability would be if you filed married separate, right, Gary? Mm -hmm. And usually it's not a big federal difference. It's much bigger tax savings on the Ohio side, the way Ohio works their tax returns. Um, but also by, you know, if, when you do that, you may also lose some federal benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, one that comes up is the Medicare IRMA adjustment. Right. Right. Um, because, you know, if, if, you know, what you pay for Medicare premiums is based on your tax return, right? Mm-hmm. You know, your modified adjusted gross income. And you, there's thresholds. So if your modified adjusted growth in, income increases, you pay more Medicare B premiums and right. more Medicare D, the prescription drug plan premiums, right? Now, what's confusing is that it's a two-year gap, right? In other right. words, your 2019 tax return will dictate what your 2021 Medicare premiums are. The 2020 tax return will dictate what your 2022 Medicare premiums are because the way of the calendar works, you know, they they don't, you know, because the IRS is waiting to get your tax return to provide to the Medicare group that they can charge it accordingly. Now, we talk a lot about that in right. this show, you know, including, you know, how you appeal that. And stuff, but, right. but this is one that comes up all the time. In other words, there's a big penalty for Medicare premiums, you get to a much higher threshold much quicker if you file married separate than mm-hmm. if you do filing married joint. Right? Um, and a lot of times, you know, the clients, you know, when they're preparing this, they're not they're not connecting those dots. They're not thinking about how much their Medicare threshold is if they file married separately. They're thinking about the tax savings objectively or the Ohio tax savings. But is that tax savings worth the cost of the IRMA adjustment? So this is one of the reasons why we say, you know, if you're working, whether you're doing it with a robot or you're working with a professional, before you push the button to send, let's review it. Let's Mm -hmm. have a discussion. Okay, um, and this one came up, and so you know the client, you know, ba- you know, basically their CPA said, "Yes, Mr. Smith, I did a great job for you. If you file married separate, you know, your federal tax savings is going to be seven hundred eighty dollars, and your Ohio tax savings was going to be two thousand four hundred fifty dollars. Carrie, that's thirty two hundred bucks. That's that's serious, you know, coinage." Mm-hmm. And the clients were ecstatic. And they said, "Oh yeah, file separately." And I said, "Well, wait, wait, wait." wait. I said, you know, what is that going to do to your future Medicare? And they're like, well, what do you mean? And, you know, I said, well, so we went through the numbers. And so um, if they filed separately, and I'm going to say John and Mary, right? John's modified just income was going to be 97000 and Mary's was going to be 108000 So a total of about two hundred five, okay. almost two hundred six. But when you're married filing separately, if you're at above the first threshold for married filing separately is 88000 So both of them are over that, Carrie. Right. Okay. So, and they're both filing and they're both have Medicare B and D. 
Okay. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's going to increase two years from now their Medicare premiums. Okay. Um, now, by how much? Well, based on the current rates, you know, Medicare adjusts those every year. They usually around Thanksgiving. They sure don't do go down numbers. either. Okay. <laughs> or stay um, the same. Right. So, you know, they would, now they, they pay the same, you know, right. you know, they're in the same threshold um, because they're both over the 88,000. All right. Um, so their Medicare B premium would be $475.20 a month. And that's the IRMA adjustment, we call that, the income monthly related adjustment. And the Medicare D was going to be an additional $70.70 a month. Okay. So that's annualized together. That's 6550 each. A total of $13,000 is what their Medicare premiums are going to be in two years. So you're focusing on the now and saving $3,200, but you're missing 10000 about, roughly. Well, no, I got to give you okay. what it would be. Okay. So now what their Medicare premiums, so if they filed married jointly, right. they're still over the first threshold. Okay. But they're not, but, but their Medicare premium would be 20790 and Medicare D 1230. So when you add up those numbers, it was really about 5200. So really, yeah, it's a $7,800 difference oh, in future I, I Medicare premiums. I was thinking premiums. is they're just thinking, saying I'm going to file separately, thinking of the benefit now on the Ohio and federal savings and missing the point of the future Medicare right. B. But really, yeah, but they would still be, right. a, they would still have an IRMA adjustment by married filing jointly, right. but it's going to be a lot less. Okay. Okay. So really the difference, um, you know. Right. Is about, you know, it's going to cost them, you know, by getting the $3,200 savings right. now, it's going to cost them an additional 4600 in Medicare premiums but in did two you years. Have, did you run it where if they filed jointly what the tax would be? Um, well, that's the 3200 savings. Okay. That's what I'm saying. But sometimes but, people just look at that. We've seen come in saying, yeah. I understand your tax preparer is looking at the tax year saying run it joint versus separate. However, are you thinking of the big picture? Yeah. And so, so we had, so we worked the numbers and we, and they presented it to the CPA and said, okay, well, you know, Mark's saying, well, you know, and, and, and then the CPA said, well, yeah. He goes, well, I don't, you know, and see, the response is there were like, well, why didn't the CPA tell us about that? Well, the CPA probably ran it joint versus. He did, but why didn't he tell us that our Medicare premium? That's not his job. See, that's it. See, the, the a lot of tax people say Medicare is a health insurance premium. That's not what you hired me to do, Mr. Smith. You hired me to lower your income taxes. Right. Now, so, yes, I understand that a health, a Medicare IRMA adjustment isn't a tax, but it sure feels like one to our clients. Right. So this is coordination of advisors. We stopped them in time. They didn't file separately. Now they're enjoying the... And looking at the big picture is what we do. Call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening.